different gravy not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast I'm one of the hosts Richard Miller and my co-host who after news that we sold one different gravy dress to someone in Australia is making plans for his own New York Fashion Week your friend of mine designer extraordinaire Dr Luke Gledall how are you doing today Luke? I'm very good Rich how are you? I'm very good as well yeah how does it feel to be a fashionista? I, I love it I mean, I I think the true uh, rebuttal from that was when have I when have I not been a fashionista? I, that's fair. It's it's an internationally recognised but fashionista now. But yes, you've always you've always lived that life. I appreciate that. I mean, by wearing a dated Sheffield Wednesday hoodie with a few stains on it and cat hairs, <laughs> it's just it's just that new accentuation. I mean, you know. I'm, I'm probably ahead of the curve. I mean, you know, we've had ripped jeans with little little tarnishes. I'm sure we'll all have um, a kind of mild curry stain on uh, on, a, on a, a series of hoodies coming out soon. <laughs> you two look just like just like Luke. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose one disappointment is we we we're, we're a bit late for Paris Fashion Week. Mm. Uh, where where I, I hear the big the big headline is boobs are back, so it's a shame to miss out on that, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Some people would have said boobs never went away. Uh, I'm not one of them. Me, was, me too. You know. Yeah, I, well, I was just like, no, I've I've you know, since Kate Moss, I've just done away with the boob in general. Uh, now it's back. It's good to know. Um, <laughs> spent since the early 90s just ignoring breasts in all, all forms um including my own and um it's good to know i can i can usher them back in to the uh, the zeitgeist with everybody else <laughs> well well i'm glad rich that you've developed some uh, degree of nog nog blindness but i'll tell you one thing you're not blind to and that's some breaking hoo-hoos oh that, if that segue was any smoother I mean, what well, I'm trying to do the news is not working. I have to put it in after. Imagine it happened. <laughs> oh, this is such a, a well-oiled machine, you know. Following your fantastic segue with uh, such a such a blunder on my part. Um, well, it so is oiled, the- Rich, but it's just oiled with stuff that we don't want, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, so what I suppose the first bit of news to lead off with is is Wayne Jacobs taking on a a more senior role with the first team, as described by uh, Darren Moore. So um, he's officially our assistant manager now. Is that the is that the sort of way that's being read? I believe so. Yes, I believe now he's on a pegging with uh, Jamie Smith, right? After uh, yes. it's you know we talked about in in kind of prep a little bit of prep a little bit of preamble getting into the getting into the meat of this different gravy episode. Um, Rich and I were talking about um, Paul uh, Paul Williams and uh, Rich and Rich. What did you say, Rich? He's the he's a nineteen sixty five model. No, he's the nineteen seventy one model, not the nineteen sixty five model. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he was yeah he was assistant manager for a brief period uh between between March and July last year 
And oddly, um, March has come around again and, and Darren Moore has had a hankering for um, for another assistant manager. Um, but it, it's interesting just looking at the way it's worded. So it, this is a bit Gareth from The Office in that... Um, so he says he'll work alongside Jamie as an assistant manager, which feels a bit like assistant to the manager rather than assistant manager. You know, the, mm, <laughs> that, mm. that all-important distinction. Um, so he's worked with him at, at Wem. He worked with him at Doncaster. Um, he says all of his family are Wednesday fans, so he's very pleased to be here. Uh, but uh, he's saying, so he's saying Jamie is more pitch-based with the boys and Wayne is more off-field with tactics and similar things. So I don't really know what that means because surely what we're doing on the pitch is tactics as well. But um, I'm sure that's a very important distinction and uh, one that they, they, they understand well and truly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it seems a bit of a... I, from my from the outside looking in, as someone who does not know the inner workings of a football team and the and the, the training ground, I don't really know what the difference between the stuff on the pitch and the tactics is. But more mm. power to it. I mean, if he's been involved of late, uh, we've seen a tremendous run of form, and uh, yeah, if, if this makes him feel more comfortable and makes the whole unit feel more uh, appreciated, then uh, yeah, let's go for it. Um, We've also had some good news in terms of returning players. Uh, someone we're huge fans of on this podcast, Fizeo Deli Bashiro. He's he's back out on the training pitch and in the squad for Saturday, as is Lee Gregory. Mm. Uh, we've seen. Oh, so yeah, so good. Which th- this will be interesting, just to uh, you know show you all how the this uh, gravy sausage is getting made. Oh yeah, uh, we should explain. Yeah. Rich and I are record. Uh, Rich, you're uh, you're all up in uh, in uh, in Scotland. I'm up in Scotland. That's right. Uh, my tiny baby cousin Craig is somehow 18 years old, which is not fair. And he's also like six foot four and speaks with a very deep Scottish accent. No, um, but in my head, he is sort of like frozen in time, like the mosquito at the beginning of Jurassic Park, as a kind of 10-year-old boy um with a cherubic little face uh, but now he is he's a giant man really um so we're we're celebrating that fact rather than being horrified and pretending it's not happening uh so that's why I'm I'm up in Bonnie Scotland uh but it does make things a bit awkward for the podcast so we yeah we're two halfing it we're <laughs> we're recording the first mm. half prior to the match uh, at the weekend and then the second half will be recorded after the match. Uh, but it means we can zero in on the midweek game in a way that we normally can't do quite so much, which is nice. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it means we don't know what's going on in terms of squad selection. We don't know how many of those bodies uh, that Darren Moore has hit us on actually make it to the, the first team picture. Because hmm. uh, we do hear sometimes hear good news in the week that doesn't quite come to fruition uh, in in the shape of somebody named on the pitch or on the bench come the weekend. I, I mean, um, it's it's uh, it's great news to see players back. Yeah, so I just want to give a little uh, nod to that, just as we're we're talking, uh, you know, ahead of the fact and then after the fact, as opposed to all after, all yes. after, all the time, as we usually are. <laughs> yes, and yes. Um, 
it's but it's great to see it's great to see FDB back. I mean, we I I was under the impression that it'd be a man who would be um you know we we wouldn't see for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um yeah, I I, I feel like we've had very little in hearing about his progress, really. Like there's mm. other players that have been maybe just it, it's um, more his position in the squad, but I feel like uh, we've heard a lot more about other players. Uh, but yeah, we've had a bit of an update on him. So, so we know that Gregory is uh, back and, and in contention. Uh, we know that Fazeo de la Bashir is in that position. Um, we're not, we've not spoken yet, but uh, one of the people that missed out in the midweek game was was George Byers, who's nowhere to be seen. Um, so not in the first team, not on the bench. Uh, he apparently is back in training with the, the first team squad as well. So that that's good news on that that side of things. There'll probably be a bit of discussion about his absence uh, when we mm. uh, when we talk through the game. Um, but but we're still waiting on Windass. Is still seems to be some sort of some distance away. Um, Mendes Lang is still not quite there, but he's supposedly well on the way. Um, and then Che Dunkley is uh, playing a kind of behind closed doors game in the week. So a lot of these players are either back already or, or coming back. And it would be very nice to have all those options available in the next in the next couple of months because there's a lot of football to play. It's all going to be pretty high stakes stuff, I think. Um, and unless, I mean, there is the possibility we can kind of dance off into the distance in the same way that Rotherham have. Uh, but other than that, I think we might be having that little tantalising possibility that we can chase chase second. Um, yeah. So a positive positive place to be midweek, Luke. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, um, what a what a strange thing, though. You've mentioned, obviously, you know, we'll have to talk about the absence of. Um, George Byers, and yes. want to give a shout out to a tweet I saw on Twitter from a gentleman named Joseph Stack, who asked, "He said, no, where is the Brill Cream Busquets?'" <laughs> Lovely. We haven't really got into his his do. I mean, normally mm. we do we do make passing reference to uh, to things like that occasionally, and it is kind of stand out. A standout hairdo he sports, a, a real throwback. I do like those haircuts from people who actually have actually have hair on top of their head, which is something that I, I do have, but it's it's kind of much less defined these days. So some, you know, it's my hair is is uh, is wiry and dying, much like um, much like if you ever seen one of those alpha alpha potato head snowmen things that you give kids that they can wow. kind of grow, grow hair. It's like one of those that's kind of just dying, really. You're really doing yourself down there. But... Long, long expired about six months ago. But anyway, I am often um, very envious of people who, you know, can have the hair and then put the product in to make it look like it's like, it's like 10 strands of chunky, thick hair in a row, which I know is not really <laughs> how it actually works. But like really like George Byers is just this man with like silky steel wired hair that's kind of chrome as well, you know? Yeah. Oh, also, no, I... did I did I pronounce Busquits correctly? I've I feel like I'm having work like difficulties uh, with 
Of, I of think the... he might go. I, I think the popular pronunciation, <laughs> which is not to say yours is wrong, Luke. Um, <laughs> just an alternative. Uh, I think Busquets is what people go for generally. I might be wrong. Maybe that's a lazy, anglicised version of it. Mine's a bit uh, Nestle. Uh, is it Nesquik? It's, it's a bit like that. Oh it? yes, Nesquik. N- Nesquik. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone a bit. I've gone a bit. Nedge, Nedge, Nedge Pecknick. pronunciation but anyway but the point is a great great reference and also yeah uh, a miss from the lineup midweek looking at that lineup and i mean it was an interesting lineup because i mean um you know i've heard some people talk about you know there is the mentality if you're uh, sometimes in a position of wondering where to vote politically to say it is better a friend that will disappoint you than an enemy Nice, and um, maybe not to not to paint uh, Silla So out as an enemy, but uh, the friend that disappoints Darren Moore, Sadio <laughs> Berahino, is not there. You know, he's not given no. the starting berth alongside Patterson. Which I don't know. I don't know if I was like looking at that and thinking of that and being like, "Is that?" I, I didn't know how to take that. Well. There's also then the question of managing, you know, managing players through this period of lots of games, managing players like Berahino who've not played that much football and then suddenly played a couple of games on a run. Because I didn't know with Bayers, we had ha- did have a midweek game a couple of weeks ago where Luongo was... Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, you're just talking about it as well. Like, as though uh, Berahino is some... Uh... <laughs> some two lemons welded together that you're driving up the M1 and wonder if the bottom's <laughs> going to fall out at some point. <laughs> I think he's a little bit better shaped than that, Rich. But I, uh, I kind of get your point. Maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but we had Lu- Luongo was rested, wasn't it? Wasn't he? And then um, Byers. There was the question: Is this somebody? being rested again, um, taking a look at who we're playing and saying, you know, this is a not to be unkind to Burn Albion, but this is a lesser challenge than some of our other fixtures. Mm. Um, or it actually, in the case of Byers, it turns out, it seems he he, he ha- did have a, a small injury to deal with. Um, but, yeah, it's intriguing. Silaso. Uh, has had one or two good appearances for us, but he's increasingly, well, he's not ever a name I'm excited to see on the first team, I don't think. And similarly, no, I, similarly yeah, for this game. I, I can see that. And, you know, I, I think I've I've been there with you as well. I think there's been times where, like, it's been a welcome change from everything and it's something that could yeah. well be an exciting change to come into the game. Yeah. But, um I don't know. Maybe the partnership of, uh, you know, we've, we've been uh, flexing for Columb here on the podcast. Yes, we have. Um, he's been having uh, recently. And I, I wondered about the partnership might be okay. But I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's proving. I, I mean, the hilarious nature is uh, spoiler folks. But we, we bagged five in this game. So yes, yes. In a sense, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but I mean, looking looking at the forward lineups always been a little uh, a touch uninspiring, you know. But maybe maybe definitely, I think the thing that we've established 
and that we're seeing as Wednesdayites is that um, the spine is strong and the midfield is just fantastic. Yeah. Um, was a little bit concerned about obviously missing Byers just because he's been in such amazing form. And and also, like, I, I don't, I still don't quite know exactly what to think about Hutchinson in the middle of the park, you know? So this was, this is interesting, wasn't it? Because in terms of the starting lineup, it was interesting. And then this game has a pivotal switch moment. Um, mm. which, so, yeah, that was really interesting as well. But I don't want to talk about it before we get there. But, um, yeah, so we started off, We Gibson got a start. He's, he, he came in at that left side of centre-back, which meant that Palmer moved out to right wing-back. Um, mm. And uh, so we had a, with a, obviously Bailey Peacock, Farrell in goal, uh, Jordan Story on the right side of that centre back three, Sam Hutchinson in the middle, Lewis Gibson on the left, uh, Palmer right wing back, Johnson left wing back, um, all in order, as you'd imagine. <laughs> um, Barry Bannon in midfield, Massimo Luongo in midfield. Uh, no buyers, and in his place, uh, Jack Hunt, the famous mm. central midfielder, Jackie Jackie Hunt. What did you What did you think of that one? I, I'm completely lost here, Rich. I'm, I'm going to be honest because I, I just, I, I did, it wasn't. I've got, I've got some rudimentary notes from the game, but yeah, it wasn't something I picked up on. I purely just, especially with the presentation of the lineup. Um, through Wednesday's kind of social media, I, I was pretty sure that it, I, like I thought it was going to be, I, I thought it was going to be Hutchinson, CDM. Yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, um, I, I mean, probably to the credit, like if if there were, <laughs> if you are correct, which I, I, I yes, oh, you usually absolutely are. Absolutely correct. Darren Moore talked about <laughs> it after the game. <laughs> okay, um, it wasn't something that looked so ridiculously off base from from the nature of the play i'd say yeah i so so basically uh, there's a bit of a tale to tell in terms of uh, my watching of this game because uh it, it was a tuesday like any other tuesday except for mm. it was pancake day which is when the good people of the uk make crepes and <laughs> so I got home. I'm making my dear Smith recipe pancakes, which involve kind of some melt butter and stuff. It's a little bit involved. You've got to rest your batter for a little while. And then I got my uh, I got my uh, notification from <laughs> Flash Scores that Liam Palmer had scored. And I was like, oh, crap. There's, yeah, there's Wednesday playing now. Um, so I... Um, I scrambled. I, I made uh, I made two pancakes and then hit pause on the whole process uh, and went went to watch watch the rest of the game. Uh, turned on and my first thing that I noticed was Hunt is in midfield and then sort of did scrambled back from that to figure out why that was happening. Uh, <laughs> and I think probably the first noble moment I saw in the match. Then I have gone back since to see. Palmer's gone, mm. so we can we can talk mm. it through. Um, but the first notable thing I saw in the game was Hotch getting smashed by Nias, uh, which John immediately was calling for a red card. I did. I don't think I think a red card would have been really really harsh, but it was an absolutely needless piece of just 
running someone over because you're bigger than them uh, from from the ass on the sideline. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but do we want to? Was that were there incidents prior to Palmer's goal, or do we want to just dive straight into? The only couple of things, because um, it's literally, I've got like a dozen things that are happening here, which is hilarious in a game which was, you know, seven goals, five two. Yeah. Um, there was a bit right at the beginning, the sixth minute, where Peacock Farrell nearly missed the ball. Um, seventh minute, I, if you probably missed Barry Bannon cracking the bar, which was I a good did, hit. I did. I heard them talk about that um, afterwards, but I did miss miss it happening. Hmm. Yeah, that, that kind of brings it through to what the thirteenth minute with uh, that's you know, right the um, the man sponsored by Owls Americas, Owls <laughs> Americas, and uh, recently featured on their excellent uh, recent episode with an in depth interview. There was a familiar and... name popped up there. There's a guy called Luke from Calgary popped up with a question <laughs> on that, <laughs> that podcast. I, I was really, um, I, I thought it was very sweet of them. I mean, no, that obviously they're including everyone's questions, but still, I really appreciate them asking the comment about roving golfer at Liam Palmer. And it met the the brilliant narrative of everything they did with interviewing him on the Monday, covering the game Tuesday. And obviously they have a big, uh, big they cover the game midweek pretty in depth. That's their big kind of focus. Yes. And um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> managed to just make just make such beautiful um you couldn't write it you couldn't write it any better could you you couldn't and i think just for the record so i think i have we've maybe both gone back and forth in terms of roaming or roving um mm. roving when we were, t- <laughs> not that we discussed this, not that we're this sad, but when Luke was putting together the question, we did have this roving <laughs> question. Um, roving, so in terms of the, his, Liam Palmer's official nickname, roving golf threat. Roaming implies a kind of feckless nature, which I think is entirely unfair. Liam Palmer is driven by a passion to get goals, goals, goals. So it's a, he is roving goal threat, Liam Palmer. And, I mean, living up to his name. He's, he found out that was his nickname. Every Literally everybody's calling him roving goal threat, Liam Palmer. We all know this. The, 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 uh, the stadium is abuzz with people muttering to each other. The roving goal threat, Liam Palmer. And... Uh, I, I mean, I, I you know, I, I did I did chat to some people who went and you know got an idea of, of you know people going to the game and I I'm just you know I, you know for for what I've for for what we've given of what we've given to Liam Palmer's nickname we're just a little upset Rich and I that we didn't get up um, in on the uh, the merchandise that was outside the ground <laughs> aren't we Rich? <laughs> yeah, we deserve a cut really. Uh... <laughs> the, the half and half scarves, which is Liam Palmer and golf rep on your side. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but just to kind of break this down, it's uh, it's a, it's a sort of study in really good movement. Like there's options available. I think it's um, Luongo that's on the ball. Uh, he's 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 got plenty of options available, so he's not easy to to, to close down. He sort of lays it off to Bannon. Bannon fizzes it into So, and So lays it out to the now hugely dependable best crosser in League One, Marvin, marvellous Marvin Johnson, mm. who 
curls in an absolute beaut and um, maybe a little unlucky uh, not to get a touch from Pat- Patterson on the near post. But who pops up at that far post? But uh, yeah, the roving goal threat himself, Liam Palmer. And not an, I wouldn't say an easy finish once it gets to him. Like there's some, there's some real skill involved in keeping that down and getting it on target. And uh, it's got to, you've got to give, it's a huge amount of kudos to Johnson for the cross, but the, the run, the finish is, is brilliant from Liam Palmer. Totally. Yeah. No, I totally agree. He really manages to connect with it on the half volley. And that's it's such a such a great angle to to score at. So yeah, absolutely. There's, still, there's still stuff to do. But uh again, just uh, Marvin Johnson just uh just just doing such great work. I mean I I I oh I I was gonna <laughs> Uh, I'm going to avoid. I was going to put. I was going to put the mockers on something. So I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to move hex. on from it. Hex. So no, no hexes here on different gravy from from Dotsaloo Battle. Let's move on. Um, yeah. So that moment, I think the next point is is talking about that um, Niasa yellow card, which you know, yeah, was a pretty. It was uh, much like much like a lot of the, um, the 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 Burton chaps in their yellow kit. It was a chunky yellow. It was a chunky yellow. <laughs> pretty, pretty hefty yellow, you know. But I think that's one. That was one of the interesting things. I think we might talk. We might cover this sort of naturally in the course of things. But we played Burton back to back fairly close together. You know, those two games, the home and away games, because of uh, the multiple delays in this one happening. We actually end up playing them just a couple of weeks apart. Uh, but they've they've made. They've got some new players in the mix who weren't there, were they? I don't think they had Guardiola last time, and I don't think they had Niasse last time we played them. No, because I mean, uh, Guardiola is someone who I've I've been aware of because it's just just in being just being conscious of football for the last I don't know just just being more into it in the past ten years. I think he's been a character who's been very well thought of when he was at Watford. Um, I think had a couple of decent spells at Forest. And I, I completely forgot that he um, he um, he's he's been uh, at the the dirty side of Sheffield, hasn't he? Yes, yeah. But we were also linked with him, weren't we? I think we were linked with him on loan at one point, maybe under Dave mm. Jones. But then also we were linked with him again during that period where we signed a lot of Watford players. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he was sort of thought to be one of the next one on the line kind of thing. Um, cause we bought, cause we had Forestieri, Pudil. Um, oh dear. What I've forgotten his name. The croc. Abdi. Abdi. Yeah. There was just a little spurt of us doing a fair bit of business with, uh, with Watford. And uh, I think he was talked about as maybe being, Another one headed in our direction, um, but but yeah, you know, Niasse, a player a, who's oh, sorry, Niasse, yeah, no, Niasse is a big chap. Niasse is um, formerly of um, Everton, correct? That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, for Gediora as well, is has been a player who's I think is is pretty pretty decent, pretty classy for kind of the area of the pitch he is. He, you know, certainly play with a, a degree of skill. So. Maybe it's, just, it's a weird kind of player because it just kind of feels a bit like a player who maybe at some point we should have signed, but we've kind of kind yeah, of missed out on. Quite. Yeah, it, it, a bit like a kind of rom-com 
meet cute sort of thing and just never quite we we're never quite at the same we're never quite single at the same time were we that's that good <laughs> no no we, we um, never were to be fair just looking at so I just to, to confirm because I thought yeah he moved for some big money in the ass it's uh, six years ago but Everton paid eighteen million pounds for him yeah so uh, I don't and uh, I, I know he's old and he's only he's thirty one so yeah by no means kind of done I wouldn't have thought but mm. uh, he's been a he's been a prized asset at points who do you think would win in a fight between him and our Failed eighteen million pound signing, Sadio Berahino. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yes. Who'd eat him up? <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> no need to play any top trumps then. Anyway, no. Um, but I, I mean the, the the yellow from the ass, like the, the only kind of real note about the kind of passage of this game outside of the instances. Yeah. Um, I said Burton are a bunch of d- dirty buggers, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Mm. Definitely lots of yeah, so lots of heavy tackles and bits mm. off the ball and things like that. But I, I I think that he's added to a midfield that looks so this the addition of I I don't even how are we saying his name then? We've we've talked to, talked about how to say Busquets. Uh <laughs> how are we doing Guediora? Guediora? I don't know. Guediora? I don't know. I don't know. It's not uh, Ghidorah after the um, uh, after the Godzilla-like monster. AG, <laughs> AG. Number six. Let's say that. Number six for Burton. Number six for Burton. Let's call it's gospel. Number six for Burton. Another another yeah, another classic nickname coined on different gravy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it will catch on at just the same rate. The wildfire of roving golfer Liam Palmer. <laughs> But yeah, Burton's number six. Um, he, I think he added to their midfield feeling pretty, pretty chunky and physical. Um, and I do think that's one of those areas where not having buyers and not having Delhi Bashiru really, we we looked in terms of the kind of battle, the fight of the midfield. Mm-hmm. We were a bit lightweight, and I think it did start. It did tell you start. Yes, I go. You think we were missing out of having a player push up on a player like that in the middle of the pug in different ways. I mean, you know, Byers and FDB are different players, but I think they both would do that in different ways, so to speak. I think I think Byers has got a bite to the way he plays, and I think uh, Delhi Bashir is more of a physicality, isn't it? But um, yeah, between the two of them, I think they add a more of a an edge to the the trio uh, than Jack Hunt was doing. I think Jack Hunt was probably like the least combative of the three. Uh, although mm. I thought, as you say, I don't think he looked out of place there. Obviously, he's good on the ball, and so those there were elements of his game that really suited playing there rather well. And and there was some lovely um, play between him and Palmer because they're obviously both so comfortable out on that right flank. Um, Sometimes Hunt would go out wide and Palmer would go in inside. Um, so that that was quite nice to see. But in terms of tackling and the the kind of, as I say, yeah, the kind of physical battle side of things, I just thought they looked like they had some absolute units in there and we looked a little bit lightweight by and large. Um, mm. 
Okay. Uh, next up in terms of incidents really is the second goal, would you say? I would say so, yeah. I mean, what a finish from Baz that was. What a finish from uh, Mr. Barry Bannon. Just absolutely men stuff. Just curled it in on the post. Effortless. He, uh, when he does score some great goals like this, you know, there is there is a kind of feather-light, effortless touch yes. that kind of comes from him, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Well, this is just, it was a lot of nice possession again. I thought uh, there was a really nice sort of cross-field pass at, in part of it from uh, from Patterson as well, which is a sort of I think an underrated part of his game. But yeah, he there's cross from Hunt picked up by Bannon on the edge of the box, and he so often just misses. This time he caught the post with it and hit, and it went bounced in, which is it's a great finish. But as you say, yeah, it looks completely effortless when he does it. It, it makes you wonder why why he doesn't score all the time but he is mm. picking up quite a, quite a few goals this season and we did find out at the end of the game that him and Patterson have a have a bit of a bet on to see who gets the most goals this season which is I like that sort of friendly competition definitely yeah and I mean to look at that I mean fast forward, he, he bags two goals in this game he puts himself he's, he's on like seven goals right yeah it's it's just insane it's um, considering you know, I'm still hopeful that my, I don't know, the bet purely purely of my reputation and mild predictive prowess <laughs> is coming true and that uh, Gregory is going to come back and fire some goals in to get him up to, uh, you know, mid-double figures range. Mm. Um, but, you know, Bannon's only a goal behind um, a goal behind Lee Gregory. Yeah. Gregory's our top goal scorer on eight goals. Um, and then what? I think Patterson's on five. I believe Patterson's on five. Windass and Camberry are both on four, and George Byers is uh, is on three as well. Yeah. So, I mean, interesting for us. I mean, especially since you, you know, I, I guess considering the problems up top um, that we've we've had this season, um, you know, it's nice to see a good mix of goals from from elsewhere. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I I remember so many times talking about we've we've just lamented the lack of goals so often as Sheffield Wednesday fans. I mean, so, there, there was mainly coinciding with this podcast, but we had successive years where we were the worst value for money in the football league, or or at least our, the our league uh, for goals to, seen at home, and. Um, I mean, this team is a team of entertainers. They they bag lots of goals. It's really nice to. It's something to behold, really, because we've been a long time in the opposite end of things, where goals were rare as hen's teeth. Um, this is this is a nice nice place to be. It's a strange, familiar, uh, an unfamiliar feeling for us. Um, mm. But this is a great goal. This is a game with lots of goals, um, but unfortunately. The next one came far too close to goal number two and was for the wrong team entirely. <laughs> um, and once again, popular popular character, that number six from Burton. Yes. Um, he took a took a shot and I think it took a fair deflection on the way through. Is that correct? Um, yeah, there was some looking to see whether it might be offside. Uh, I think it does take a deflection. I think just purely, it's hard to see what impact it had on the run of the ball, but it's one of those where the kind of 
the ball was spinning one way when it went into the crowd of players and it was spinning another way when it came out of the crowd of players. Uh, but it's once again, it's us not dealing with a long throw into the box very well. It's a tame clearance. It barely gets out of the box, the clearance. I think it was Hunt that cleared it. I'm not blaming him, but it kind of bobbled out of the box. And then um, that old number six, uh, lucky number six, as he call, he, get, he gets called. He, <laughs> number six with a bullet. He, he, uh, he just kind of got his body over it and hit it as hard as he could and got lucky, won the lottery, really. It wasn't a great shot. It fizzled along the ground. I think mm. if you're being really, really critical, he would have seen it late, but maybe Baby Peacock Farrell should do better. Um, but we we go from being 2-0 up and cruising and what a team this is to heading into halftime thinking, okay, this is we're in a bit of a fight here and we've given them some hope. Um, I'm just trying to look through my notes, see, see what there is in terms of... Um, we had another one of those incidents where the, the St. John's Ambulance folks ended up in the crowd. I don't know if I've heard anything uh, about that since. Have you? I think I've read something which, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where you you seem to read um, contrasting, conflicting right. stories. I, I thought I heard something as a woman who had an, someone had an epileptic fit, maybe. I'm much more right. confident okay. as a woman. Um, but they thankfully seem to be okay. So, because okay. last time uh, it was just two lads having a scrap, wasn't it? It was, but there's also been uh, there's been a lot of this stuff recently. There's been a lot of people having medical issues in stands. What wasn't there a gentleman who died at a Fulham game? There's a Fulham fan who died, so, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, and and then uh, there's been players collapsing on the pitch as well. So it's it's very strange. I, I'm not going to make any. Any kind of illusion there, but it's it's just strange we're seeing a lot of this stuff, considering it's something that I feel like I've never heard or seen of before. But it, it seems you, to be happening a lot. Do you think that's because the option to get that help? So people have this is I don't know why why this is a point worth making. You know, sometimes my I wish my brain didn't work the way it does. I wish it wasn't so finickety and things like this. But mm. right. Like people have died at football matches before. People collapse. People. What's different is that the crowd now feel, whether this is a good or a bad thing, I'm not sure, but the crowd now feel a viable option is to tell the players to get the medical staff who are there for things that happen on the pitch to then intervene with things happening in the stand. So instead of kind of quietly shuffling home <laughs> or whatever... Quietly like shuffling off, shuffling off his muscle coil. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Plus, yeah. People, I, I, as I say, I'm not. I don't. Know, I'm not implying any negative connotation to this, but it, it's just sort of like of a kind of. You're, you're meeting you it with that was an option. Mm. You wouldn't have thought. Do you know what the best thing to do here? So somebody was having a heart. I don't know. Like I would just thought if somebody was having an episode. Not I'm not saying a heart attack, but like some sort of episodes to me in the crowd. My thought would be get a steward and try and get some help to them. Okay, okay. But there's become now, <laughs> because we've seen it on telly, it's now the thought is make a, make a lot of, and this is probably good because we know that getting to things 
getting the proper help as quick as possible does save people's lives does mm. you know can make a huge difference in quality of life if somebody's able to survive say something like a, an episode with their heart so i think it is a good thing but I, I think the reason we're seeing it happen more is not that this is happening more in football crowds it's just we now know actually what we should do the best way to get help to somebody is raise the alarm as loud as possible and that now involves the the chaps in the front row telling Barry Bannon at a free kick that he, he should call the people over it's weird that it's happened twice in the cop end another cop end the north stand at that side of the north stand <laughs> which is which is kind of the the mouthy youths uh, where they they congregate Right. I was worried for a second there, Rich, but I guess you're like Andy Dufresne and you've really dug yourself out of that one. Sort of, maybe. I don't know. Andy Dufresne is the protagonist in the Shawshank Redemption. If you're having a bad way, (laughs) just if you're feeling in a bad way, just shuffle off home, get in the old armchair and then (laughs) let somebody find you three weeks later. Like, Like people used to do in the good old days, okay? It's wonderful having this conversation on the day that Shane Warne has uh, passed away from a massive heart attack. Uh, I just want people to know the best thing to do in the situation, and that is not make a fuss. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a problematic one, Rich. What's going on? No, exactly. I don't know. I'm just, maybe it's yeah. being in Scotland. Who knows? Well, maybe. Um, I've had too, too, much, too many nice things, cake and things like that. Mm. Uh, right that's nearly put one wide on the 45th minute that was my only kind of great note from the first half and then I think that's it until it comes to the equaliser now so Uh, here's an interesting comment yeah go on sorry well do you want to kind of do you have something else to come back to before we get to the equaliser or well there's there's Bannon going close there's also a hugely annoying Nias doing one of yes. the most blatant dives I've yes. ever seen and oh. getting given a free kick for it. Interesting. I was wondering for Nias whether him handballing on a yellow... Oh, well, that too. ...in the middle of the park, whether he's fortunate to stay on the pitch, let alone somehow manage to score. I mean, we've scored some very good goals. We've scored some very good goals in this. It's probably just the way it works that Burton have scored some of the scrappiest, crappiest little goals. Yes. To bring it to 2 2. Yeah. And no, prior to that, in the first half, he did one of the worst, most blatant dives I've ever seen. And it got given. And luckily, they hit a terrible free kick from it. But they could have easily scored or equalized from that free kick. And it would have been an absolute scandal. Because the player who fouled him was a good three feet from him when he fell over. Disgusting, absolutely disgusting. But there we go. That's what 18 million spies you is uh, the ability to um, fool referees at, at, at 30 paces. Um, yeah, let's talk about talk about this scrappy old. Oh, sorry. I just uh, yeah. In terms of the, an update, I know people will be worried. Um, so uh, at halftime, I ma- so I had savoury pancakes um, in the first half. Um, at halftime, I made my sweet pancakes. Um, that did mean I missed the first half. Uh, no, the first five minutes of that second half. Um, and I, I joined at a corner that maybe we had a penalty shout from. 
Mm. I, I don't recall that, I'll be honest. Like, I, I think that's probably something that's probably just bypassed me on my notes, I'll be afraid. I think, I think somebody got sort of dragged down in the box. I want to say... I want to say story. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Let's uh, we can we can we can move along. But yes, Nias picks up the ball in a pretty unpromising situation. To be fair, and he made it look very easy. I know it's a scrappy goal, but he just kind of just put his head down and ran at us mm. and managed to get a shot away. And it, he made look may made pretty light work. I mean, I could probably agree with you. There's a lot more in the tenacity and build-up and determination from him in that play. But I, I still just can't get my head around how what the finish kind of looked like, I'll be honest. I think it's because Hutch could have blocked it and didn't do... I think it came. It went under Hutch's heel. Right, okay. So, and like, bobbling, which I think probably takes it away from Bailey Peacock-Farrell. And then it means it does. It looks very like tame, bobbling in at the, the far post. Um, Hutch should have. Hutch was in the wrong position. I think three separate times during the goal. Um, but Story should have done better, and Luongo should have done better for uh, if memory serves. It just was not. <laughs> it was not great for anybody in terms of uh, the quality of defending in that situation. Um, so. A bit, a, a bit sobering to be back at two two after being two 0 up, and completely, yeah. As a Wednesday fan, you sort of have that thing of like, well, yeah, this is what we do. This is what we do. They give you a little bit of hope and then punch you in the face. Mm. <laughs> uh, we've all been here. We've all done this. Um, but I think this is where it prompted a reshuffle, and this was again. A, you can argue sometimes. I think. How much, <laughs> how much praise do you get for fixing your, for getting yourself out of a hole? Um, but again, like the Doncaster game, this is an inspired set of moves from from the manager and all his his backroom team at the at the hour mark. Hmm. Um, because Berahino came on for so. And the other big switch then was that Hutchinson shuffles into the midfield. Palmer goes right-sided centre-back. Story comes into the middle. And Hunt goes to right-wing-back. So that midfield where I was talking about, we're being a bit out-muscled, we're being a bit overpowered. We now have Hutch in there, who's bringing a lot more presence, bringing a lot, a lot more physicality to that side of things. And he only wants to sit back and, uh, and and he really wants to essentially be a fourth centre-back most of the time. Um, it was really funny hearing uh, hearing the commentary team on on on, uh, on iFollow sort of going, oh, why? it's hard to tell. Is he back in the centre-back or is he playing midfield? It's like, yeah, that's Hutch in midfield. He just, he just wants to go far away from things so he can pick out passes and get a lot of nice time and space, like being a centre-back. He plays... He plays midfield like a centre-back. Um, it's just been a long time since we saw it, I guess. Um, but, that, yeah, what did you think? What did you make of the change? What did you think of the the kind of flow of things? I, I've got to be honest. I, I just don't have a great deal in terms of, like, game commentary <laughs> and analysis just outside of the big hits. Like, I mean, it, it worked and it was fantastic. I, I'm just surprised because... Clearly, the hilarity of, of me being like, is that really happening? 
um, when you said Hunt was playing in the middle of the park, it just completely <laughs> eclipsed me from this game. Okay, so <laughs> I promise, I promise, I'll do better for the second half of this podcast. It's okay. <laughs> well, uh, it's interesting because I, I, my note was that I didn't, I didn't feel like the midfield was working particularly well. It all felt a bit kind of uncomfortable in there. Um, I don't think. We know that Bannon and Hutch are a bad combination together. I don't think Luongo and Hutch would ever be a natural pairing. I think they both want to mm. do a very similar role in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it, it it felt a bit disjointed and uncomfortable, but I could absolutely see it. We'd done it, and I think it did. In the end, it paid paid dividends. Obviously, we know the scoreline, so it, it it worked, and that's the main thing. Was it a good decision? Was it a bad decision? Well, it worked, so it was a good decision. It's a bit like, was it a penalty? Was it not a penalty? Well, did a penalty mm. happen? Then it was a penalty. Um, so, uh, so yeah, interesting. So, but the so then we we picked up uh, we picked up that third goal. Um, I think prior to that, we had the nice from Gibson, the one where he ran forward and then ended up getting a, a shot from the edge of the box, which was really close. That was rather nice. Um, I think that happened just before the substitution. Um, I'm trying to... Uh, so the goal was was a Patterson effort from a corner. Do you want to talk yeah. us through the goal? Oh, well, I mean, it was... I remember it seemed to be kind of like a deep and swinging corner from Bannon, yeah. and it seemed to be one that seemed to go well, and... It was so weird that I thought it. I was surprised that Patterson got a touch on. I thought initially it was a, it was a known goal. But uh, you know, in the scrappy goals that uh, Patterson has got for us, there's quite a few that look like they've uh, look like yes. they've uh, almost you know, accidental. <laughs> look accidental or look like it's uh, an OG from uh, from from the opposition defence. Well, in talking about it afterwards, he said another tap in. And then also very, uh, this is very good news. Uh, more importantly, he said that his um, his mum was cancer was now cancer free. So that was that was um, a great thing that he was able to pass on, and great mm-hmm. that he was able to mark it with another goal. He's on a he's on a lovely run at the moment, which is very nice as well. Um, but yeah, maybe Bannon has been using all of these bad corners to the front post to trick Burton into <laughs> defending their front post and letting. I think three or four Wednesday players have the opportunity to put that in at the far post, almost on the post. Um, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty easy goal for for Patterson, and uh, yeah, back in the lead, and what a relief! <laughs> um, just uh, sorry, I'm pulling up my timeline of things. I'm sort of juggling a, a, a slightly different setup than I would normally have. Um, and the next goal, well, we had a close one from, from Berahino. Yeah, he should have bagged. That was one of my notes in the 71st mark. Yeah. Yeah, I think he had a lot to do. But yeah, I think he he should have definitely scored. Um, But yeah, it was another Bannon corner. This time he did do his old familiar, hit the front man, straight at the front man, route one cornering from Bannon. Um you see that guy that stood between you and all of the players and you hit the ball straight at him. Uh, but, but this time, this time it worked rather well because the ball went sort of flew out to the edge of the box and marvellous Marvin hit an absolute howitzer of a strike. This was, 
a thunder chuff of a strike. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolute howitzer and Thunderchuff are great words that I completely agree with, Rich. Yes. <laughs> but he battered it. I mean, if there wasn't a net there, he would have killed half the people in the cock. It was such, so beautifully hit. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's one for the ages. It just, it, just that lovely thing where it's not dipping at all. It just keeps rising. They always look so good. Um Tremendous, and from a player who is who's having an amazing season for us, he's he's been so good and uh, adding adding memorable strikes on top of it. I mean, you really is it's almost too much. Marvin. It's almost too much. We love it. Keep it coming, but uh, yeah, it's delicious. Um, <laughs> and you thought that would probably it. I mean, for that sake of looking at the game. You'd think restoring a two-goal lead was all that we'd really want as Wednesday nights. Well, yeah. So there was a couple of things that happened, though, of note prior to the goal. Well, first of um, Hutchinson is in midfield. Therefore, he has to get a yellow card. And he got his yellow card in the 81st minute, um, hacking down the ass uh, after, after he'd been... Uh, Johnson sort of made a bizarre decision to kind of float the ball into the middle of our defence. And uh, the ass capitalized but not for long enough to uh to get away from hutch um we had i offer come on the to a tremendous warm round of applause um and then yeah a glorious second for barry bannon what a finish it feels like he's i feel like i've seen him score this goal before <laughs> somehow it, it does feel a bit deja vu-ish doesn't it let's be honest deja vu all over again but it's just so good. Um, Hutch is in. Hutch gets the assist, but it's really <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's one of those where mm-hmm, there's assist and assist. Um, but it's I love that Hutch wanted the ball back, and Bannon was just like, "No, nah, I think I've got this one," and uh, and just yeah, just glorious curve on the ball. It'd be so nice if we were blessed with the Omni angle for the Premier League, it would be so nice to watch that from behind Barry Bannon, because the sweep of it into the far corner, I bet, is just glorious, because he ends up hitting the side netting on the on the far post and uh, it's really, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful, a beautifully struck ball, um, unfortunately we just get the one angle, because we're in lowly league one, that's all we deserve, they're lucky they least- don't, we're lucky they don't spit on us sorry, go on. <laughs> but at least we got to see it, I guess we got know. to see it. exactly what a what a lovely goal to cap off just a casual a casual dicking of uh, Burton Albion. Absolutely, it's great. And uh, hard man Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank would have to go and lick his wounds once again. <laughs> that just that's the thing you can tell we've played them played them uh, recently because I, I remember their commentate commentary team just bigging up how scary and strong Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was. And then, in, and then the post match, he seemed to say it was something like he was he was frustrated with a, that he didn't get a penalty decision or something along those lines. All right, oh dear, I didn't hear his. Uh... But I'm like, I don't think you can really say that that's a pivotal moment in a game which you've shipped five goals away from home. <laughs> no, exactly. That's a exactly. little, a little bit off an approach, maybe. That's what I'm gonna say. Uh, you know what they're like. They always try and sort of spin it. 
somehow. And the only the only last moment was just an absolutely excellent ankle tap rugby tackle from uh, Patterson to earn himself a yellow card in the 90 plus second minute. I just loved it. Just fell over and just clacked the ankles together. <laughs> <laughs> Full stretch on the ground. Just clacked his ankles together and sent him flying. Uh, a most deserved yellow card, <laughs> the most obvious professional fan we'll ever see. Uh, good old Callum Patterson. I absolutely love the man. Um, tremendous, yeah. So that's that's our kind of half. We're going to break here and then uh, pick things up post uh, post the the weekend tussle with Lincoln Lincoln. Any thoughts? Do you want to seem smart with predictions, or is it too close to too close to call? I think we'll win. I think it'll Ooh. be. I think it'll be. I think it'll be three nil to Wednesday. He's a bold man. A bold man. So we'll we'll see. We'll we'll see how terribly wrong I am. How how long has Michael Appleton been in charge for them? I don't know because he's a he's a real Both journeyman, right? He just uh, he hops around places like no one's business in uh, in the lower leagues. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah, was well, a good. It's a strong prediction. I think. I. I mean, I hope you'll. I hope you're right, Luke. I think you could well be right. We're in. We're in fine fettle, uh, as it were. Um, so, yeah, onwards and upwards, and we'll we'll talk again in the future. Sounds good. So, Luke, we pick things back up. Future Luke, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Rich. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm, uh, you know, Anthony Bourdain, uh, the late great Anthony Bourdain, uh, you know, made a feature of of making programs from parts unknown, and and I think I'm really picking up that mantle. Uh, I think a couple of weeks ago it was an industrial estate outside Doncaster. Um, now I'm at a service station in Kendall. And uh, I think these are these are the stories that people aren't getting told. What's it like to be at a service station with a McDonald's um, in this day and age? So that's that's what I, that's what I'm doing. I'm bringing bringing realness from Killington Lake Services. Uh, but we have a we have a match to talk about, Luke. It happened. The one that was in the future before is now in the past. do you find it funny that um both of these so both of these recent kind of two records that we've done for different reasons for for different kind of yeah um uh, different uh logistical reasons either with sheffield wednesday or things in our lives that they've all contained a bit where you said to me luke why do you think we're gonna get on and then i've just gone with the general nature of just being generally cocky and having hubris which um, it's just led me to fall flat on my face every on both those occasions. <laughs> so I'm I'm zero zero and two as uh, as my North American friends would kind of put it. And uh, yeah, and uh, I, I I nearly got the score line correct, just in kind of reverse. Hilariously, actually wondered about whether calling it a free one two Wednesday, and then I thought, and then literally in my head, in that build up, I was there <laughs> thinking. Nah, I can't see. I can't see Lincoln scoring. Um, <laughs> so nearly, nearly an exact reverse. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Um, I think this is interesting. I think once we sort of look back, I think there was a couple of 
warning signs in some ways with this. Uh, but I don't think anybody really saw this coming in terms of uh, the result and, and the performance, really. Uh, mm. Because we, obviously we've lost a, a game previously in this run, which has been very impressive. But that Rotherham game, I think everybody came away thinking, you know, we were the better team. We were pretty unlucky. They got the goals, but we were, you know, we were, it was kind of inches apart, really, in terms of the the performance. I don't, it's not the feeling I get coming away from this one. Yeah. We were pretty, we were bested uh, pretty heartily. I I definitely think so. Yeah. Yeah. There's, There's varying degrees of, Wins and indeed losses, and this wasn't this wasn't similar to the Rotherham loss. No, no. So we had we talked to, we talked to about the midweek kind of shake up of things with buyers out. There was there was a there was a fairly hearty reshuffle, uh, but things were back to to normal in in this respect. So we had we had uh, we had Bailey Peacock Farrell. In goal, obviously, uh, Jordan Story on the right side of the centre back trio, Hutchinson in the middle, Palmer on the left side. Uh, Jackie Hunt takes up his uh, his usual mantle of right wing back. Uh, Marvin Johnson at left wing back, and then that midfield trio that's been so good was back together: uh, Bannon, Luongo, and Byers. And then up top, Berahino drafted back in alongside Patterson. Who's Patson's been the mainstay of late, um, and his partner's chopped and changed. But Berahino is the one that came back in. Um, mm. Pleased to see Byers back. Pleased to see that that sort of lineup. And I guess the other question is, uh, well, the other thing is a, a strong bench as well. We had Deli Bashiru on that bench, um, and Gregory uh, alongside Gibson, Iolfa, Canberry, So, and, and Wildsmith. So. Nothing to dislike, really. There, no. I was pretty buoyed by by seeing that lineup kind of restored. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of maybe. I think on paper, maybe from the options we have, maybe Berahino's the slightly better one. And I thought he, I thought he did all mm. right this game. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm not sure as to whether it's kind of negligible in replacing those cogs between So and Berahino. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. like for like in, sure. in many Sure, so I guess in that regard, I'm splitting hairs. I'm happy to see Byers back. I'm happy to see Hutch going back to, to centre-back roles, centre-back duty. Yeah, nothing nothing to dislike. But we've had, so, yeah, so the lineup looked good. Uh, the Lincoln pitch suffering a bit like ours. Uh, no, not looking not looking. Like a green base, more of a a muddy field with some scraps of grass on it, um, knobbly and bobbly in places. Uh, but this was we've started most of these games well of late. This was not the case here. We were, I mean, it was blink and you miss it in terms of conceding that first goal. Really, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, surprise, uh, surprise from the first. Even I, even just from my notes of seeing that first shot that they. They did, you know, they managed to carve a bit of space and, you know, it's a decent hit. Peacock yep. Farrell did um, did fairly well to when he was asked properly in this game of football to to kind of respond to that. I would say holistically, there's a lot of, um, but I did get really worried seeing, seeing a lot of Peacock Farrell parrying the ball out. And yeah, there was I some... 
think the interesting thing, I mean, we didn't see anything really conceded from that, but I mean, the pace and intensity that Lincoln were going at Sheffield Wednesday in this made me think I could probably see something, a ball getting mopped up by by one of our run-rushing players. Yeah, he was doing a lot of punching out, wasn't he, and palming out rather than maybe catching it when he could have. Yeah, or, you know, I don't know, palming to palming to a better part of the pitch, you know? Yes, <clears throat> yeah. Or, or his defensive area, I should say. So, no, that was a surprise. That was a, that was a good hit. He put it wide for a corner. And then uh, the corner really very poorly dealt with. Somehow, mm. I, I still don't know. And it's not something I really want to go back and watch in kind of JFK fashion. But, you know, scuffed to the back post when Marquis put it away. Um, we also deal with Hutchinson being down and being swiveled around like a limp kebab on the floor. Yes. Because that's it's his man who scores. And yeah, you could you could argue he did such a bad job of marking him that he sort of felt like he had to pretend that he was injured because he did receive some treatment after the goal went in. Yeah. Um, yeah, a bit of a... Um, what what do what do we call it, Rich? A face a face saving injury? A face safe a face saving injury, yes, definitely. Yeah. Felt like one of those. So I think that's probably the first bit of I think as I say, I think there's been some warning signs in terms of that defense. I think we the cho- the way we chopped and changed worked well in the middle of the week. Mm. Um but the defence never looked, even the, the two different iterations of the defence both looked really shaky. And I was shocked how easy it looked for Nias to score his goal midweek. And I think some of those same problems just came to roost. We're not really tackling. We're like, we're, we're managing situations in a kind of hands-off way rather than getting involved. And that's fine as long as somebody doesn't just run at you. Um, which is which is what happened a couple of times here. And then I just think Hutch has not been very good in the middle there. And I know people, you can say, oh, we've kept clean sheets, but it's things like getting misjudging headers and heading it back and needing to be bailed out by people or being out of position. It doesn't always get punished. It's particularly in our league, but, but in this game, we, it did get punished. And, um, he can switch off and lose his marker. I think that's one of the reasons we don't look good from set pieces. Um, two, of the, two of the three goals we conceded was, was from set pieces and, and another one from a long throw, which we'll get to. Mm. But I don't understand. Uh, well, I know we've talked about why we don't face quality set pieces in training. So therefore, how do we defend against them when they matter? Um but we need to figure out a way to solve that because set pieces are just costing us. So many of our goals are conceded from set pieces, and I and I don't I, the throw-in thing is maddening because <laughs> I think we do have people that can at least do a half decent long throw, but we just any little bit of movement seems to leave us like a gog <laughs> yeah. and and, uh, and yeah. open to give away chances. Um. So, yeah, so Hutch got his treatment. I think Wednesday, we had probably a fairly decent period of control, would you say, after that? Or what, what did you make of that next period? 
I think so. Um, just to kind of cap back, just a little, maybe a little Please, mini yeah. addendum. So, uh, I mean, I take it you probably watch with the Lincoln commentary with your. Yes. Yeah. But well, obviously, I, I take of... it you uh, you were telling me pre pre record that uh, you <laughs> yes. were you, you know you've been uh, doing a lot of stuff with the family, so it, it wasn't probably on, yeah on your focus. We had a nice we had a nice surprise visit uh, from a from a family member, which meant I wasn't in full on notes taking mode. Although <laughs> nice, I, I'm absolutely rude enough to not pay any attention to that family member, just watch the telly. Uh, but. It, I think yeah, having my phone out taking notes would have been like a, a bridge too far. That's uh, very funny. <laughs> but I'm staring at my phone for the purpose of the podcast. Exactly. Yeah, as opposed to the rest of the time when I'm just staring at my phone just to just to annoy you. Um, it's this thing like a job that <laughs> takes lots of time and costs me money. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so, but anyway, on, on Radio Sheffield we had. Oh, I don't know. It's one of the. It's one of. It might have been Jonathan Buchanan or one of the. Oh yeah. Okay. One of the football heaven people of lesser note who kind of don't offend me massively. Um, <laughs> they're not quite the wrestling heel that Andy Giddings is. <laughs> you know, it's not a personality to know to get particularly upset with, and they kind of do a competent enough job, and they're fine. So it's one of those people. Fair enough. <clears throat> and uh, Brian Laws. We had Brian Laws in the commentary box. Oh, very good. Uh, so Laws, you know, in the commentary, talked about the players pointing the finger at each other at that point. And I said it should feel a test of character here. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering from recent kind of form and recent kind of mentality of Wednesday, it felt a bit like, you know, we can still go and score goals and turn this, team, turn this game around. Yeah. And well, we've seen this team rally before, haven't we? We have. I mean, it's only been a few occasions, but we've also seen, I think maybe the the sad nature of this to cut ahead. We all know the result. So this feels more like a, an early season. This is, yeah. Maybe a slightly better version of an early season away defeat. Um, yeah. But like, I don't know. Like, you know, it made me just randomly think. I think... Is, is it Leicester City who have, <laughs> there is a phrase said, and it's so awful and marketing, and it sounds very American, and I don't like it for that reason. I don't like it for a bunch of reasons. Yeah. But they say, like, was it Foxes Never Quit or something? This is, like, oh, right. social okay. media hashtag they've created for themselves. Okay. And I don't know. What a, what a, what a remarkable, fresh idea that the team <laughs> should not quit. It should keep doing it. Um, but, uh, you know, it still feels like maybe th- that kind of more of a mentality of that is still a little bit away from Sheffield Wednesday. Like it's not, maybe not fully ingrained. And maybe that's the whole thing with some of these defensive chops and changes and a defensive culture at Sheffield Wednesday in terms of defending set plays. It's still, it's uh, that virus is still very much in our DNA, you know. And we've had a we've had a flare up, you know. Yeah, which is just uh, frustrating because I think it's the part that we really want to see the back of, and we want to move on from as Wednesday fans. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because I don't. I think we 
This was one of those games where we were determinedly kind of sticking to our guns in terms of the way we were playing. So Lincoln were trying to make it hard for us to play out from the back, but we were we just kept doing it regardless. Uh, yeah. We caught out quite a few times. I don't think we did get properly caught out. Um, Which but we just kept at it. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because, I mean, Lincoln played a very high, a very aggressive very quick mm. press on Wednesday. And yeah. I mean, typically we have a bit more time. I think it's a bit of a more kind of half-hearted kind of, you know, striker kind of retiring and then coming back to kind of chase the ball when we play it out short, that kind of half-hearted kind of defensive yeah. press up there. Yes. But it, it seems to be like we, with the nature of that is like, the pace that we seemingly want to play is we want to cycle it out, have a little think about it, and then you know orchestrate it up through midfield, and then the midfield starts pushing the pro- uh, the pace up of the play, and then we build something up from there. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that we couldn't have that rhythm really, really rattled Sheffield Wednesday. Like the interesting yeah. thing to look at this first half and the second half is something else. And I'm keen to get into that. I've got lots of notes to get through here. Um, but in terms of that first half is like, I felt that Lincoln very much dictated the pace of play and we played along with that. I think fairly well, yeah. but we could tell that we were still playing kind of second fiddle to, you know, who was, we, we were not the, the, uh, we were not the conductor in this orchestra. no, I thought they did a couple of things really well. As you say, that high, that press was, that high pressure, high intensity press was really good. And they and they mm. were able to keep it up despite not making any substitutions, which is, is pretty impressive. So it's obviously, a, you know, part of their game that they're, that's just what they do, which is, which is really good. Um, I thought Fiorini did a really good job of just sitting on Bannon and making life difficult for him. Yeah. Bannon was f- constantly fighting for space. And when he got the ball, he was always under pressure on the ball. And that's another thing, you know, I think pe- most dif- midfielders in this league, he's either too clever for or or just got too much energy for. And eventually they, they slip up or they give up. Um, and Fiorini kept his task really, really well all day. And actually when he got on the ball, looked a threat, looked good himself. Um, they've got their own little little sort of ginger ginger genius of sorts there in Fiorini. Um, and I thought, unfortunately, Luongo and... I thought Luongo looked tired all game. I thought he really struggled. Um, yeah, and I thought it looked to me like Baez was back a bit early. I don't think Baez looked ready. And I don't yeah. know whether that had anything to do with Maguire crunching in early doors because that's that's sort of the next incident after the goal is is Maguire getting his customary yellow card for being being a little snipe. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I also noted I, I had a separate note of Luongo was clipped pretty. Oh pretty, yeah. Pretty heavily. That was my. They were they were physical, definitely. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Tenth minute. Some hard tackles. Sorry, go on. The the, the notes kind of seem a bit pithy. Tenth minute. Palmer pinged it long. Berahina took it down well. Couldn't quite the space to do anything, and it's put behind for a corner. Mm. Not much came from that. It's just a degree of pinball in the box. Um, Then the tenth minute. You know, Bannon hit one, which deflected over, and then another corner, which Bannon kind of put behind. I said Lincoln don't look like a team in bad form. 
No. Um, Palmer did an incredible one too, but then it, it just seemed like incredibly leggy when he met it and he just cracked it. Yes. Over. Yeah. Uh, 17th minute, I said Lincoln should have scored there, should have been 2 0. Uh, they had a moment where they stroked it to the back stick and the player just didn't quite get there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Uh, let's let's have a little bit of small bit of joy and mirth from this. I said there was a beautiful advert for Burton Road Chippy. I never knew <laughs> beautiful branding for a chip shop could look like a garden centre. <laughs> it did look idyllic, didn't it? It did. Maybe I could check in afterwards for a fish cake and a poinsettia, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It also made me go down the rabbit hole in my mind of thinking about it'd be nice to have like a you know a gardener's question time, which finally a gardener's question time for someone like me, all about how to how to really grow and uh, grow with your green fingers that chip chip shop. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other com- combinations of uh, of chippy items and. <laughs> A battered sausage and a pagoda. Yeah, a, a money tree with some curry sauce over the top of it, perhaps. <laughs> you know. Oh, that was a pithy moment uh, aside. Uh, in between, I think then I've come up to your point. I said Maguire is still a top-level third-tier shithouse. <laughs> yes, he is. He's the yeah. real cream of third division shithousery. <laughs> I thought he did, so he did scythe. A player of ours down. On the yeah, left. he did. I, yeah. I forgot yeah. who it was, but there did seem to be. I think it was Byers. Right. Okay. They, um, they had a couple of coming together's. I well, think that, they matched us up basically. Yeah. I think they went man for man in the midfield to mark us, um, and that's we just they were just like a blanket. We didn't really get out from under it very well all game. But Maguire was on Byers. Um, Fiorini was on. Oh, he's. I, you would assume Fiorini was Italian. He's not. He's Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big Scottish Italian link, Rich. We talked. There about is. There is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's. I think he's on loan from Man City. He mm. um, he sat on Bannon, and then presumably that leaves McGrandles to be on Luongo, and McGrandles also got a yellow card. So I think I think they were really trying to put themselves put it on us a little bit. Um, and see if we would be cowed by a few big tackles. Because I do think a lot of teams give us quite a lot of respect in the midfield, particularly Bannon. And there was there was no respect to be found here. We were we were very much Rodney Dangerfields uh, <laughs> <laughs> when it came to uh, came to being at the LNER Stadium in Lincoln. Oh, really? Is that what they're calling? Is that what, is that what Central Bank has been referred to as now? Yes, apparently. Okay, interesting. <laughs> uh, 30-minute mark, we had some good moments following some good press from Wednesday. Johnson put it across very poorly straight to the keeper. Um, mm. But then, say a bad moment from Marvin Johnson brings us to oh. an absolute incredible moment from Marvin Johnson. It um, was such a good run, it deserved to win the game. But, yeah, please take us through it. Um, my first note from this, Rich is that I, I should recreate the re- reaction to the goal. <laughs> okay. I think it went a bit like this. 
<laughs> I, I think it was a bit like that myself. Johnson yes. with no rights to just go an incredible oh. swallowing run for 50 yards and cross it. <laughs> and I and then from that, from the angle, it's like, I, I can't see exactly what you've seen there, Marvin. But, you know, it's, no. it's a good cross. But just a wonderful, sumptuous clip. And Berahino oh. meeting it really well to convert. Really well, yeah. Really, really well. Very, very cultured, deft, volleyed finish into yeah. the corner. What a goal. You know, I said, we Absolutely ret- beautiful. We return the impet- impetus. Yes. <clears throat> no, that you could watch that run again and again. It's just such a shame that that run is now buried in within a terrible performance from the team. Yes. But I, yes. I thought Johnson... You know, if you're looking at when you look at a performance like this, I thought Johnson was one of the few that sort of did what he was there to do. Mm. He tried to keep giving a threat down that side and get the ball in for people. I think it was other people that didn't really show up. Um, but his, yeah, that run was so, so magnificent. Because mm. he bursts out of about three or four players at first, doesn't he? And then he's, yeah. then he's jinxed around another two. Um, before putting the ball into the box. And it's such, as you said, I love those crosses and passes where you just go, who if they hit that to? And then you see the player and you're like, ah, you clever bugger. (laughs) 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 And that was really one of those. Mm. Um, I don't did we? So I'm trying to sort of think back now. did, Did we mount much of a kind of... Offense after that? Did it no. give us a bit of a jolt? I mean, no. I don't <laughs> no, think so. I thought so. it was... I said it took a weird, frantic lull post the equaliser. And maybe, maybe also that's from my perspective. Um, I think I was a bit... Com- I was really comforted by the equaliser, I must say. And yeah. it, it makes me say, Richard, I'd like to announce on the podcast my new autobiography, The Comfort of Goals. <laughs> and it's, it's about my struggle, Rich, as a Sheffield Wednesday fan... <laughs> Being a goal addict and a Sheffield Wednesday fan, you know, it's wow. uh, it, there was some very, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of dark times. It's my own um, a million tiny pieces or whatever it is, um, <laughs> but it's it's not fictionalized. I've really no gone through the hard times of scouring <laughs> scouring the under eighteen academy goals, you know, just to see, just to see something mm-hmm. when when there's nothing coming from the first team. <laughs> Just any little thing to get your fix. Pretty much. A pretty team, much. Any anything where it's a team in blue and white, you you'll watch another team and squint to t- tell yourself it's Sheffield Wednesday scoring a goal. Mind you, actually, we did have a moment of the forty-second minutes. Uh, Luongo agonisingly put one behind. Yeah, you know, he did like a bit of a tweak and a jink. He did a jinky, jinky run, jinky little run, and had a good hit, but apparently took a deflection. I know. I thought he just didn't hit it very well, but yeah, we got got the corner and nobody seemed to protest. So presumably, it did. It did take a deflection of some sort. Hmm. He used to be a real goal threat, Luongo. I don't really know. Maybe it's just that's one of the victims of Bannon playing the role he's playing now. Is we don't get to see as much Luongo in those positions. Maybe so. Maybe so. I mean, he's. What goals do we can? The last time I remember him, has he scored this year? Has he scored this season in League One? I don't think so. I remember him scoring the brace against Stoke at home. 
And it was, uh, we won that game, and it was one of the last games we saw from the Wongo before I think he got cropped. And it, it was just yeah. incredibly sad because the whole narrative around it was just like, oh, he's fantastic. He's so important for Sheffield Wednesday and how they play. Need to keep him fit. And then we, we know what else else kind of happened. Um, no, no so goals. He, just to con- no goals this year, no goals last year. He's He has played more games this season already than he did in the whole of last season. He only played 12. Mm. Um, in his first season, he played 27 games and got three goals for us. Mm. Uh, he has had as many as six in the season for QPR and Swindon previously. Uh, but... Yeah, but I just sort of remember, you know, he, as you say, he cropped up. That was two two goals in one game, and I think the other one was a vital goal. It was in a game where we really were doing nothing and struggling, and he he cropped up with a good finish. But I, I just, yeah, I just seem to remember him. He was somebody who liked when he got a sight of goal, having a having a crack. And mm. it seems like it seems like he's avowedly not doing that. He will look for a pass. He will take a difficult pass over an easy route to goal more often than not at the moment. Maybe it's a confidence thing. Mm. <sighs> half time. Uh, half time. Back to 1-1 and feeling like, okay, you know, we can play better. We can maybe make a change or two. So I guess because you, you know, you had, um, you had family around you. I didn't get to see your perspective on whether there was a, a bit of, a bit of, a, a little bit of trouble in the stadium. Um, yeah, I don't. I saw there was some, there was some uh, movement. Mm. <laughs> I don't remember that happening. I th- I thought that happened in the second half, maybe, maybe even around when the goals came for for Lincoln. I I, I didn't know whether it was sort of dismayed. I know there was some Wednesdayites talking about going in the home end, which is a sort of a bit of clandestine fun when you win the game, but it's a really miserable thing to be involved in if you lose. For a game like this, yeah. As someone who was in the Man City end for us losing 7-0 there a few seasons ago. Right. <laughs> there was, yeah, there was, no, there was no jollies to be had and, pretending uh, to clap their seventh goal going in. Our only... Oh, yeah, well, well done. Our only in-person record during a you know a COVID COVID-stricken Christmas footballing season mm. um, when I was back in back uh, back in the UK over Christmas and obviously getting over my own COVID and then yeah. uh, you know I came down with you and we did that in-person record um, we watched yes. Shrewsbury and then you said to me if you got here earlier we could have just driven down to Shrewsbury and, got yes. and maybe <laughs> and then you know a certain degree of sadness that you know we didn't. <laughs> do that yeah but then that was probably probably a good thing i don't know maybe maybe me and you being there would have changed changed the game maybe maybe you would have under our breath been like come on come on wednesday just at the right moment when it changes <laughs> everything around mm, exactly that probably, um, what was the turning point there was two chubby lads <laughs> And I looked at them and I just thought, I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to do it for you. And that's why I scored the hat trick. I'm just funny. You <laughs> Sorry, didn't, do a, didn't do a bad impression for that, Rich. So. I mean, we're all family, but they're like my joint dads. <laughs> um, 
I just I've never met them, but I saw them and I just thought I absolutely love you guys, and that, that's why it's got the hat trick. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, a Bannon hat trick. God, that would be good, wouldn't it? That'd be nice if he did it just for us. That'd be nice, for just for us. Um, <laughs> Do you know? I thought no, 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 no. Don't don't say I'm sponsored by that. I'm sponsored only this this game. <laughs> different different gravy. Definitely. Thanks, Barry. Thanks, Baz. Cheers, Baz. You are a Scottish man. <laughs> and I reckon, I reckon with the timing, I reckon now since that like, he's retired and he's not match fit, I reckon you are better than Zidane. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it looked like there was a bit of um, issue. It's something they brought up on the Football Heaven commentary, Radio Sheffield commentary. A touch um, of RG and maybe even some bargy. A, a little bit of RG alongside with that bargy, you know. A they, sliver, a portion of bargy. Yeah, they had some uh, pakoras, and uh, <laughs> the the pickle tray was heated when it came out. <laughs> Um, despite the sad news that there's a fracas, which is obviously it's a great word, by the way. Shout out to fracas. Yes. Uh, looking apparent, the good news that the commentary team of football have an anonymous chap, Jonathan Buchanan, possibly. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Brian Laws have some mildly funny patter, which bubbles up to some lols. When after agreeing that something nice. doesn't look right, Laws goes, Unless the Bovril and Pies are that good. <laughs> oh, Lawsy. Excellent. I'm sure if there are any arrests, the Wednesday fans will say for a report, can you change the term casual to uh, sipping gravy enthusiasts, please? <laughs> oh, I miss Brian Laws, you know. I do. But I enjoyed, I enjoyed the, the concepts of, you know, uh, a bunch of Wednesdayites braying, braying for some sip, yes. sip, sipping gravy. Sipping gravy. As they're not sipping gravy. Uh, please, um, please, Mr. Stewart, I need to speak to my sipping gravy <laughs> broker. I wish to have parlance with him. Pat, patting their brow with their, their kerchief. <laughs> I do declare, lest I get some sipping gravy right about now, I could t- tear down all of this Lincoln City. <laughs> You will see who a true imp is, my sir. <laughs> I'm about to get impish up in here unless I get myself some sipping gravy. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, it was a weird one because it felt like it's one of those where, you know, it's, it's that dream about... It's a, it's a dream about when we watch Wednesday, and we talked about this before, about the atmosphere when you watch Wednesday and the support that you get from Wednesday. And it when it works beautifully on those rare occasions, it's, I don't know, it's it's Brighton at home semi-final. It's, you know, Arsenal at home yes. in, in uh, whatever, League Cup, whatever it's called at the mm-hmm. time, Carabao or whatever, Coca-Cola. Yes. It's it, you know it's it's home to it's home to Wickham. It's one of those where we can't quite see what the the split between we are the fans pushing the players on and the players are pushing yes, us on. Yes, yes, it yes, just continually yeah. just kind of the ante just keeps getting upped by both sides. It's a real mm. you know it's a real it's a real uh, Aerosmith and Run DMC um, <laughs> challenging each other through the walls. 
And and uh, you Such know, as, a opposed, as, a, as opposed what to the other version, I know, as opposed to the other version, which is a bad version of that, which is obviously uh, Girls Aloud and uh, <laughs> and Sugar Babes, well, Sugar Babes, yeah. possibly the worst cover I think that's ever been released. <laughs> but it it did feel in a weird way a bit like that, but just with a kind of heated atmosphere, like it it felt like the game. The, the the players were aggressive, and obviously we've talked about uh, Lincoln had some very physical players led by you yeah. know led by their captain in that war. The William Wallace is uh, Chris <laughs> McGuire in this regard. Yes, right. Yeah. So it felt like that. It felt like the fans were kind of ratcheting up. The players were ratcheting it up. Who knows what came first? But it it felt like it was getting very heated. It doesn't, yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound that frightening when you say that they were sort of led into battle by Chris McGuire. You know, that's not an overwhelming physicality. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a dutty boy, and if you're not boy. willing to get, if you're not willing to sort of roll up your sleeves and get down in the muck with him, then uh, he's got he's got a plethora of tricks up his. I've gone to sleeve again there. I didn't want to. Um, I wish I hadn't. Um, there was a second half, Luke. It happened. It it, it, it it rumbled on, this game. It did. Sorry, I'm just still uh, attached to the idea of Chris Maguire being like a, an all-woolly in, an, in, uh, in one of the comic strip where all-woolly just like gets soot all over him. You know, he's that dutty. <laughs> he's dutty as, dutty as we-ek going into a coal chute. anyway um the first half you know yeah i said it was an exhausting game lots of fellow probably missed in my notes you know i thought it was a good game all round to watch maybe as a spectator is maybe a little bit disappointing from a wednesday angle but i think if you were a neutral you'd probably quite enjoy i mean the lincoln fans probably love this yeah but um no i think i wasn't sure at that point what the second half would bring no the heated nature of the game made me rethink the stats about fouls. Fouls won at halftime. I've got to say, Rich, like they would naturally like fouls won. <laughs> but I think they would argue, like Chris McGuire would be like, "Yeah, yeah, I, I won the foul. I fouled him. Yes, you know, yes, like, I've yeah. achieved, I've achieved yeah. my goal, sir. You know, please, <laughs> please rethink your statistics." I'll, I was like, "I'm going to stud you on your knee," and you were like, "Please don't." And I did it, so I won the foul. Thank you. <laughs> It was a 50-50 tackle in that you didn't want me to foul you and I did want to foul you and therefore I won the 50-50 <laughs> tackle. Uh. <laughs> but we, we didn't make any... We, you, I think this, this was one of those games where having Gregory back, um, I don't think it was the be-all and end-all of our problems, our, our front pair, our front two pairing, but no. you're sort of looking benchwards, kind of going, at what point is he going to break open the emergency glass and uh, and unleash Gregors on, on this uh, Lincoln City defence? Um, but he didn't do it at half-time. He resisted the urge. In emergency, reach for the GR Reggers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just be careful where you're hammering because he is a bit fragile. <laughs> <laughs> try, try not to do any 
try not to touch Gregor's with the hammer, but break the glass that's between. It's a very dangerous thing. It's a really tricky job. Maybe <laughs> maybe Wayne Jacobs is very very skilled in such a such a Gregory extraction. Yeah, I keep thinking when we say Wayne Jacobs of the was he called Wayne Collins who used to do fashion for the for the Big Breakfast. <laughs> Is he called Wayne Collins? Possibly. Is he is he a ball chap? Yes. Yeah. M- Mank as the day is long and uh, and and a bit camp. <laughs> Mank as the day is a bit long and a bit camp. <laughs> Very much a kind of um, a preamble, a cultural preamble to Carl Pilkington. I think <laughs> he laid the way. He showed the world that you could be a little baldy Mank and moan about things in public. Oh, I thought you were going to say is a preamble to Greg Wallace. There's no preamble to Wallace. Ingredients ingredients expert Greg Wallace. (laughs) You're telling me if you didn't come into work today, nobody would have a digestive. (laughs) You've got a great job. (laughs) (laughs) Five billion digestives come out of this factory every single day. Of course, Rich and I remember um, Greg Wallace's first career, um, which was as a, as a toaster repairman, don't we, Rich? <laughs> it's, it's, it's very similar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Right, Luke, I can feel that you're very hesitant. <laughs> hesitant to wander into this second half. You're pushing yeah, back. the first half is good. The first half is good. The second half is is not so good. Um, I, I, yeah, let's 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 cut the mirth and get into the 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 dirty stuff. Um, Hectic hearts <laughs> the, the second, the dirt. Cut, <laughs> cut the mirth and get into the dirt. <laughs> uh, Hectic start to the second half. You know we have a decent attack which they counter on. Fury steams down the pitch and we put behind for a corner. Yeah. Uh, Peacock Farrell does okay to gather, but is looking a touch shaky, and I'm wondering if Lincoln will capitalise on one of his parries. Again, oh. same note that I've kind of um, kind of brought up before. Yeah. Um, 51st minute, Berahino headed over. That was a bit disappointing. Yeah, I think he should have done a little bit better there, really. I think it, it, it's, again, I think quite often he has a fair amount to do, but still... <laughs> He should, still should have done better than he did. I think it just went sort of it just sort of bounced off his face and went straight up in the air, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <sighs> I feel like complaining to Radio Sheffield, Rich. Okay, so you don't you don't get this. So you probably I think you're probably going to have to. I think you know when I say what it is that you'll probably be able to like visualize it mm. or imagine it in your head. Sometimes they cut off to other games because that's what they do because we, this is the yes. feed which is on the radio and it's the BBC feed, so it goes through to there. Um, that yep. you know that is something. Um, <laughs> but then sometimes, so sometimes they do such a thing, and sometimes Mid-match they and go quiet. Really well, they okay. they do that, but sometimes they go quiet, like they're cutting the feed off, but it's not consistent, like. Some, sometimes I get to hear about what's happening, you know, at oh, the keep okay. note, and like through my audio feed, and sometimes it just goes silent. So why, 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 why is it like that? 
I genuinely thought about complaining. I like, don't know. Yeah, you might have to. That might be the only way you can. Uh... But like, I just I don't understand why you're doing it this way one time. Just just pick 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 one of the two ways and stick with it. Yeah, I agree. I haven't experienced it, but I I completely sympathise with you, Luke, and I agree. Um, I have to confess, I haven't. I haven't actually seen their second goal because we one feed crashed and we switched to the other one and it leapt about seven minutes forward and we're like, oh right, so we're losing. Oh, that's, that's um, but I believe fun. it was a good goal. It was a good goal. Um, you know, they did a great counter attack. Uh, they hit it long down the right, and I believe it was Hopper. He knocks it back for yeah. a good right foot finish into the corner by Norton Norton Coffee. Who's another another prem prem youngster? Yeah, Arsenal loney. Yeah, they they got a. I'm annoyed. They got an Arsenal loney who uh, is double barreled and uh, actually is fit. So can actually make it onto a football pitch. It's crazy. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Two one to Lincoln. Now, I don't know. I mean, that was a good goal. We did look completely at odds and ends when. When they went on the counter. So this is something that is interesting. I want to get your kind of critical tactical lens on this, Rich. Um, mm. So the second half, the the pace of the game that was brought in the first half couldn't be kept up. So that dropped off. But yet somehow we looked worse. Yeah. And then and then how were we so porous on the counter attack? Because uh, this this happened quite a few times in the game in the second half. That like. Suddenly, you know, we've had a chance, we've missed, and then suddenly it's like we're either conceding or thinking, wow, we're lucky that Lincoln didn't, you know, just tear us apart again, to be honest. I guess there's no there's no real pace at the back. I know Palmer's not particularly a slouch, but there's no real recovery pace in there, um, particularly if he's trying to push things further forward. I don't mm. think Story's got much in the way of recovery pace in Hutch. If he ever had it, doesn't have it anymore. Um, I, th- I think stories. I think we're starting to see why story is on loan with us rather than playing in in the in the Preston team. I think there's there's been a lot to like about him, and he's kind of imperious when he's not being particularly tested. But I thought he did a really bad job with Nias uh, midweek, and I just never felt convinced by him. In, against Lincoln, I, I, I think he misjudged headers. He dallied on the ball. He he played passes to players that he shouldn't have and put them into difficult situations. Um, I think we just seem to get continually caught out. I think we weren't we were not used to being pushed in possession in the same way that we we were here. So things were breaking down earlier. And I think that was catching us out on the break more often than not. So we weren't set for defending. We were set for continuing possession. And because Lincoln weren't letting us just pass all the way around them, which a lot of teams have done, um, it, it seemed to just keep catching us out. We were too far, we were too far forward or out of position or often we're asking defenders to go and help in the, in the attack. So, um, that's where I think I think it just that's where they managed to keep us constantly on edge, and I think they had enough pace to just always provide a threat in behind as well. Um, so the, yeah, they had a, they had several strings to their bow in terms of keeping us 
uncomfortable throughout. Um, we did jump and make that change, didn't we? We, we brought on Gregory, we brought on Canberry, and mm. we took off both Patterson and Berahino. So we, we were sort of like-for-like changes. I've never really liked Canberry and, Ber- and um, Gregory as a combination. I don't. I think they might be one of the worst combinations of two strikers we've got. Yes. But I do appreciate the 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 idea, the 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 kind of um, impetus to to make those changes, to make the swing. Um, I just don't know whether that was the best way mm. to go. I would have been interested to see this Berahino playing off Gregory. I think that might have been intriguing. I think I'd just rather just see Patterson and Gregory. Maybe. Mm. I think we've seen. But we went a bit longer. Yeah, yeah. We went a bit longer. We we were asking Story and Hutch to play the ball longer, and and that's because Gregory competes in the air in a way that nobody else really does in the squad. But there were so many times where him and Camberry were just stood on each other's toes, so the ball dropped, and there was nobody making a run off or nobody offering an option. Um, it just not not a natural combination. They both want to do the same job, and Canberry does it much worse than than Gregory. Um, forgive me if you've got sort of incidents happening. I'm just going off the kind of timeline because the next thing's Delhi Bashiru coming on. Yeah, I mean, just before that, I've, um, Mark, yeah. John Mark Marquis Mark Marquis. Had it on the angle and I thought he'd scored on the 65th minute. That's when we brought the double substitution. That was super close, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fiori cracked one. Fiorini cracked one. And once again, I yeah. thought it was in. That was very close. 20 minutes left. I said, it's not happening today. We look so soft on the counterattack. Yeah. Um, 71st minute. Um, so there's another part. Hopper was in a very fortuitous block pass kind of played in. Oh, yeah. And then BPF went out to close it down. He got enough on it. It looped up. And then Hutchinson was oh, yeah, did, did very well to get there to head behind. But that was yeah. that was worrying. Then that, that comes was. on to FDB. Because I was wondering about Delhi Bashuru. Because I'm like, I'd like to see, I'd like to see him come on. But the problem I found was it's like I don't know what level of fitness he's in. Yeah, I don't want to bring him back and break him. You know, I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. There's always that temptation when you've got them back is just to get them on as quickly as possible. I do wonder. We've seen, and maybe he did go off injured in the last game, so maybe this is, maybe he was there just in case we we absolutely had no other options. But I do wonder if at some point we should have seen Gregory in this, uh, not Gregory, sorry, um, Gibson in this game, because I know it's a bit counterintuitive to think, um, oh, we need to attack better. So let's bring a defender on. But I just feel like Gibson, he brings that balance to the defense. Uh, It would let, it would, it would have let, us put Palmer out on the right wing. I, I'm thinking sort of bring him on for Hunt, maybe, um, or for Byers. But you move Hunt inside, put Palmer out wide. Mm. Um, I just thought, you know, Gregory's uh, Gregory. Oh, I don't know why I'm calling him Gregory now. They are absolutely not the same. So there's nothing, no similarities between them at all. Um, Gibson, he's he's obviously massive. He's a big physical presence, so that would be another addition to our back line. 
I think mm. he's got a bit of a turn of pace that the other the others don't really have. So again, you're looking at some some of that recovery pace, but also he's got he seems to like coming forward with the ball. Um, we've seen him have shots on goal. We've seen him put crosses in. Um, he seems to have a kind of wherewithal that you don't normally get from a defender in that position. And I just sort of feel like I know it's exciting to get the the new the players that are back. Uh, back in there and I guess it's important to get the minutes as well to be fair but I just thought maybe looking back one of those three substitutions should, should have been Gibson just if nothing else for the impact he had when we were away at, at Donny mm. a few weeks ago because there's no doubt he helped massively in that game obviously he got the assist but he he, he turned things around in a big way yeah but yeah, Delhi Bashir came on. He didn't really have any chance to have an impact on the game, unfortunately. And um, one of the first things that happened after he came on, it, nothing to do with him, not him at fault at all. Uh, in fact, it was one of his midfield colleagues that I would probably point the main finger of blame at. But they, we conceded the third goal uh, to mm. a. Was it even a long throw? I mean, if it doesn't get into the box, do we count it as a long throw? Just a throw. Uh, throw which they then cycled out to the byline and brought it in. Marquise brought yeah. it in, and then you know did a did a nice. But Luongo completely lost his man. Luongo completely <sighs> had a had a I don't know just a slip of concentration. He let McGrandles just wander free, who set up the the ball into Marcus's path. And it's a great finish. He'd had a dry run, as you say, previously. Half the ground thought he'd scored the same sort of goal just before. Um, and this time he, he'd he had his sighter and, and, and did it did the, did the thing, put it in. Mm, yeah, good thing, mm. game over. I mean, a situation like, I don't know, I didn't feel, I, I, I wouldn't say I felt confident about Wednesday coming back into this at 2-1, but... I mean, that is the focus, and that I, I felt the nature of what we were and the nature of our form, that it's something that we could definitely go do. But yeah. really just seeing that and seeing that goal just, just meant it was just game over. Yeah, that's uh, that was it, wasn't it? That was the, the, ne- yeah. the final nail in the coffin. As a- uh, the Lincoln fans in their celebrations are pretending they're planes. Um, the uh, the imps are so cheeky that we have no idea what point they have in their jibes. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I don't I don't know what that could possibly mean. I don't know. Seventy uh, eighth minute, Hunt stroking yeah. it across to Luongo and it running off rough off his boot says it all. And I said then mm. of course Lincoln go on the counter from there. Um, 80th minute now I, I tried to again once again Lucas tried to be very clever in timing his Tim Horton's breakfast order so <laughs> I missed so they were saying on our, on our commentary feed I don't know if it's something they brought up or whether something you saw I missed a hook okay. a Hutch was apparently being very naughty oh, and he nice. did something which the you know law uh, laws and um, other Radio Sheffield chap were saying you shouldn't really get away with no, um, you didn't see that? I don't remember. No, I don't remember okay. the incident. No worries. Um, Hunt got a corner. Basil long free kicks headed over. Uh, FDB lets it run out of play on the right. That was frustrating. Um, one of my only moments of mirth from the second half was Bannon saved the ball from going out by doing a sliding, sliding mm. clearance. 
Marquez yeah. hilariously goes tumbling off the pitch and just gets yeah, a very casual good. look back from Bannon. That was a mild <laughs> moment of fun. <laughs> We've got to find our fun where we can. And yeah. And then, and then it just uh, maybe adds insult to injury with an injury to insulters, which is Lincoln's keeper going down with 30 seconds to go. Yeah. Apparently, apparently yeah, being yeah. genuinely injured. But it just it just seemed like, oh, for fuck's sake, of course he's fucking yes. injured with 30 <laughs> seconds to go. But apparently enough to bring a final substitution to the game. Yeah. And that's that's my notes. That's a pretty, that's pretty, that's all she wrote. pretty sorry second half, got to say. It was pretty poor. It's got to be said, yeah. Um, no, it just, it just never, as you say, this is, this is more familiar. This is more familiar than what happened <laughs> against Donny. This is more familiar than what happened midweek against Burton. This is what Wednesday tend to do in these situations is... You know, you're doing something a bit different. Okay, well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna crumble and uh, be in it entirely ineffectual. Um, so it's a bit of a reality check, isn't it? I think the talk of sort of going unbeaten until the end of the season, or not even not not loot, not uh, you know winning every game between now and the end of the season and stuff, but just feels kind of crazy at this point. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think it just show how we've got work to do to make sure we're a playoff team at the end of this season. There's still there's still some work to do there. Yeah, and um, I, I think the thing that's been difficult for for Wednesday and as a Wednesday is looking around at the playoff picture, and it seems that despite just how well Sheffield Wednesday have done form wise, I mean, looking yeah. in, I'll look at the top ten. We are fifth in the form team table, but still. Around us, like teams are doing pretty well in in kind of around Definitely. us. So yeah, we sunk down to six. We're a point off Sunderland. Dropped out at the playoff picture. You know, Plymouth picked up a win. Ipswich are doing very well. Whether they're going to make a de- make a dent in a late the run. top six or late run, you know, could happen. Might not happen. Um, you know, NK Dons beat beat Rotherham, which was pretty huge. Um, and. I I really I don't know. It's, it's going to be an interesting. Whoever's in the playoff, I think it's going to Definitely. be interesting. I really don't want to play Oxford again. I'm going to be honest. No, no. Oxford are, are the top scorers in the league. They've got they've scored 71 goals this season. Yeah, it's not it's not an easy. Uh, yeah, it's not. It, it, there's not. It's not an easy picture when you look at those uh, the uh, possible possible playoff. Uh, playoff games but mm. I suppose that's getting ahead of ourselves a little bit interestingly again by the way um, no uh, Corbin no an unused <laughs> sub an unused sub again for MK Dons oh Rich oh <laughs> I'll be giving you a little fist bump because that was on my uh, that was on my radar as well um, just just want to be yeah. like uh, just want to see him and be like hey um Hey, uh, hey, Theo! Did you uh, did you did you get on today? <laughs> oh, you didn't! Oh no, that's such a shame. <laughs> I don't know how much of that is his, his want and how much is you know. I know. I know. It's just funny. To I know we like, went back and forth on there being very various reasons, but um, yeah, they they I think they that whilst being nice to Wednesday, they didn't sort of, they weren't too fulsome in their praise of, of his time here. And uh, maybe, maybe with good reason, but 
ah, you know, we can engage in a little bit of Schadenfreude, I think, in these moments. And uh, I'm doing it. Delicious, delicious. Uh, do we, so in terms of looking at this game, yeah. Uh, any, I think Marvin Johnson, I want to sort of, I want to give him a poncho uh, that's, that saves him from the, from all the filth and the grime of this uh, particular stinky poo poo performance. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but is there anyone, is there anyone that stands out as a villain in this, in this one? Is there a. I'm finding it very hard to pick out anyone that I want to slag off. In a in a uh, being harsh on him because we know how good he can be way mm. uh, is is Bailey Peacock Farrell potentially because mm. he can't have made his defense feel very nice. I don't think this game he was having one of those ones where he was making some saves. He did make I think he made six saves uh, technically. So that's that's not to be sniffed at in a way, but he did let three in. Um, but his all-round play was pretty unnerving and strange. Lots of lots of bits of palming things out. Lots. There was also an incident where he kind of he made the save, palmed it out, and there was an onrushing player who didn't quite control it, and he kind of picked it up afterwards. But again, that could have been like a scary moment, and he could have probably caught the ball really if you're being harsh. I don't know. I don't want to um, I don't want to victimize him in any way, but I'm just I'm just wondering if he's the candidate. Mm. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I mean it, it, the defense was bad today. Maybe this is more of a case though <laughs> and this might shock some fans, but you know there's a whole other team of 11 players out there. They're trying to do almost the exact opposite of what we're trying to do in that they would really like their team to win and score the goals and for us to not win and score the goals and maybe this is just one of those days where you know Lincoln got the got these things right and as a team there was a bit of like legginess we didn't quite turn up we didn't quite get the tactics right and Lincoln got their tactics right and were right up for it and maybe it's not an individual's errors it's a collective kind of failure and a collective victory for for Lincoln um do you think there's a bit of a <laughs> an odd positive here that it lets Darren Moore take a look at his squad with all these new faces and kind of maybe conjure up a new a new look to things? But I don't think we need to. I don't maybe. I don't know. Not just I mean, I offer, for instance. Wouldn't you want I offer in the squad ideally? Yeah. If he's fit. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know. The defensive free the three centre-backs. I mean, that's my kind of main criticism for today. Like, I'll be honest. Yeah. Like, it's not particularly working, I would say. We've had this great run without Iorfa, without Gregory, without Deli Bashiru. Um, there's a chance maybe to have a look at things and just see, you know, do we want to make some tweaks? Do we want to make some changes? Does, does it make sense to do things this way? Um, Patterson and Gregory have been a... <sighs> I've been a headache for teams a couple of times. They've also been, they've also looked really awkward partners at other times. Yeah. Uh, but I, I wouldn't mind another little run, particularly whilst Patterson's in the goals, but then that feels harsh on Berahino. Mm. I'd, I'd be interested in a bit of Berahino with Gregory, but but then it's, you're dropping Patterson who's got goals. So I, uh, it's tricky. I think we could probably 
I don't know. I need to go back and look at this lineup again to be honest with you to just think like what could be tweaked, what could be improved. I don't. I don't think you're wrong. Sorry, I don't. I don't want to say rich, no. rich, you idiot. I'm certainly <laughs> not going to do that. Um, I mean, who, we, so it's Palmer Hutchinson's story. Um, but wouldn't you love story? I offer Gibson. There's balance. They're all centre backs. There's a lot of height and power and pace in there if i offer's fit is, but i just i don't know how fit i offer is well it's been a few weeks now I, because of the first team i think i think the three i'd rather see from thinking about things from from my take on things as it is which is limited i would go i'd go gibson story palmer left to right okay that'd be that'd be good yeah i, I that's a, a bit of a difficult thing is like i'd, I'd I know Gibson's looked really good when we've seen him. Yeah, I'd like to see more of him. I'd like to see him given a few more chances. Yeah, and then I think if we did that, then and then yeah, and then maybe see have a look at Gregory Patterson again. Yeah, mm, it's going to be intriguing. So Cambridge, Cambridge are up next. Uh, I won't ask for predictions, Luke. I know that's a horrible, <laughs> horrible thing to do. <laughs> really put the mockers on it yeah <laughs> but they're another team that's not in particularly wonderful form they've lost uh, two out of the last three and drawn the other one um, so and they're sort of they're in that kind of mid-table they're probably maybe they've not given up any hope of playoff but they may be uh, on the cusp of that because you do get to that weird time in the in the season where those mid-table teams are kind of on holiday uh, but it's probably probably a touch early for that. I think they'd probably still be playing, fighting for every point. Um, but yeah, so there we go. We'll talk after that one. Yep, Cambridge, <laughs> and then we've got uh, we've got another home game, almost sort of back. Well, we're certainly back to back in that we've got the rearranged Accrington fixture uh, on the on the fifteenth. Uh, so quite a lot of home games in this next spell. Mm. Yeah, very much so. Chance to chance to hopefully get back on form and start racking up the points again. All right. Anything else for today? No. Let's uh let's call it a day. I'm gonna get a cheeseburger and hit the road. Oh good stuff. Thanks for your time folks. Uh apologies for the late arrival of this episode and uh, the sort of weird <laughs> settings uh in terms of our recording schedule. Um and thank you Luke for your for being so accommodating. Um and um yeah, look after yourself folks and we'll we'll, we'll talk again next week. Awesome. Have a good one. Cheerio. Thank you.